it's time to go beyond the locker room talk and listen in with me, GB, producer Jay, former patients and current friends of our own Cornell-trained, world-renowned urologist and surgeon, Dr. Michael Hyman. Let's talk about the issues on men's minds where no topic's out of bounds on another sit-down with two men and a doc. Hey guys, welcome to the show. JT. Good evening, GB. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Doc? Yeah, I'm doing well. I, um, it's been quite a week for you. It's been a busy week. You've had a busy week too, you said. I had a busy week, yeah. I mean, or my, a busy day. I had a busy day, I had a busy week. I was traveling a little bit last week, but... Uh, you guys are busy bodies. My day today, and my week hasn't been like, like the Doc's, but uh, I, I fixed my dryer today. Mm-hmm. So you took it apart. I took it apart. Dang. Uh, a blow dryer, so not a hand dryer, <laughs> a clothes dryer. My full-on clothes dryer. It stopped working, and to be honest, I was halfway to Best Buy to get a new one. And then I started Googling it a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Took it apart. I've always said that JT yeah. is a renaissance man. <laughs> or just a dryer repairman. It's, it's, it's amazing what you've been able to do from, I, from technology to appliance repair. I surprised myself, but you know, there's just it's really actually quite simple. There's some fuses in there. There's a couple other parts, and I found a parts store nearby. I got it, brought it home, and now my clothes are dry, so... I'm telling you, the next time I have a, I have some difficult time dissecting out the lumbar behind the left renal vein, right. I'm going to call Jay. Yeah. Just be like, dude, I cannot find the lumbar. you got to help me. After yeah. this podcast? And he'll just come into yeah. the OR and no, help He me. installed his own alarm system at home. Well, that's not that hard. But I, you know, I'm, I, I'm working my way up to the vasectomies. I'm going to try to uh, be at least it. assist. I'll, I'll do a YouTube video on a how-to. Okay, that's and what I need. will be able to do it. Hopefully. It's not a problem. So your week was a little more, uh, yeah, a little more stressful crazy. than mine. I mean, not just because of my own work, but because my my we had a real bummer thing happen with my mother-in-law, and it's it's just sad because she was independently living and had a fall, and she was already hmm. having poor vision in her her I think it was her right eye was already kind of I don't know eighty percent out. So she had a really good left eye, and then oh. she had this fall at nighttime, and she ruptured the globe of her eye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means, like, you know, what it sounds like. Mm. And then um, they had a, it was a crazy night because they had to uh, get her down to county and uh, in the middle of the night, and they did this emergency surgery and f- kind of basically fixed her eye. It was pretty amazing, um, but she can't see out of the eye. They fixed it as in like they didn't have to remove the entire eye, which was Co- like... Cosmetically, it looks normal. Cosmetically, it looks great. She can't see out of it. They said it's possible she could get some vision back, but the bottom line is... This, that, was, has this a, was her good eye. This is her good eye. Has that, so window, she, has that window closed or it's still possible? It's still the possible they'll may, get some vision, yeah. but she'll never see like she did before. She was always a little unsteady on her feet, which, hence the fall hmm. uh, when she was going to the bathroom. And... Um, which I think I've said in previous episodes, she does frequently urinate. And I've said in prior episodes that in the elderly... Is this a HIPAA violation? No, but it's, it's in the elderly, it's, it's a real issue because they're more frail. They're tired. They're, going, they're tired. It's dark. It's, uh, you know, and then they're unsteady and their Sounds bones are Sounds like you guys are talking about me. Old, <laughs> frail, tired, unsteady. You're not dark. You're very white, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, um, so she's. What's really tragic? It's intense because, because my, because because my wife was saying, you know, 
this is an absolutely devastating thing. I mean, this is the most devastating thing. And I go, well, look, I mean, there are more devastating things. She didn't die. And certainly like, you know, I mean, people could have a hip fracture. Well, I've learned since this happened that, frankly, my wife was right. If she had a hip fracture, which I always think of as a pretty devastating injury in the elderly, and it is, um, because what you have to realize is that any kind of injury that takes you, that prevents you from walking when you're like over the age of, say, 75, your muscles atrophy very fast. And so to be able to start walking again is Mm. a gigantic effort. It's very, very difficult. I, I, I can attest to that. I had a microfraction surgery in my knee probably about seven years ago, and I was off my leg for six to eight weeks. My leg atrophied, my yeah. glute, my quad. But you, my had, you had your other leg that was able right. to get but, you back on but, your feet. But to, to be able to fully recover, it has, it has taken a very, very long time. And quite frankly, I don't think I fully recovered until this past year when I started actually lifting weights with a trainer. Yeah. It, it, it has taken that long to bring back the stability in my body. You don't realize it's, it because when you're a kid, you figure like, what's the big deal? I'll just get back, up and start yeah. going again. But anyway, so it's, it's really sad because um, it, it, you know, losing that vision means that she really can't get up and walk independent. So she, we had to take her out of her apartment. And now she's in an assisted living facility, you know, where she can, you know, hit the button and somebody will help her literally get out of bed to go to the bathroom, um, let alone get out of bed to, you know, to go and get something to eat, um, things like that. Um, She's pretty helpless. And uh, I've learned a lot, even as a doctor, seeing her go through this process. And this week was really intense because we kind of packed it all in in the sense of um you know moving her out of uh, moving her stuff out of her apartment and then getting it into the living facility and meanwhile i'm working every day and so it was pretty exhausting very traumatic for her so much change very very traumatic for her very traumatic for her it's it's, uh, to me it's scary huge transition yeah it's great that you were nearby and you were able to yes do all this for her um, and and it's from what I, i i saw a little bit of this it looks like you know you found a good place and I think we did. I but, think we did. But that's yeah. that's tough. That is to, tough. And I will say something else. It's a fortune to do to to get somebody, you know, this assisted living. Uh, you know, some and this is a whole another topic. I talked to you about it, uh, GB, about the whole question of uh, you know should we be thinking about long term care, care insurance? Insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, all three of us being in the kind of midlife stage here. And I mean, I think the answer is. If you can self-insure, that's always the best, meaning if you can, whatever, figure that, kind of calculate that a little bit into your retirement um, and figure, I'm going to have to have a chunk of money. I've self-insured through my kids, meaning my insurance policy is my kids. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna house you when you sign off on take off take care of you. (laughs) Yeah. Good Good luck luck. with that. Yeah. Yeah, Good luck with that. Especially when they have little kids that they're taking care of. Plus they have jobs, and then you're gonna knock at the door and say, "I need assisted living." Good luck with that. But this whole topic, this is I've been thinking about this quite a bit, and I asked this question to my wife, and it's, "Is this as good as it as it's gonna get?" Because we're relatively healthy. We have aging parents. Accidents like this happen. And does this mean we're only going to get old and frail and helpless? It's uh, it's it's an awful thought. 
Well, we're not getting younger, that's for sure. But I, I think, you know, even to the doc's point just now, you try to prepare and plan. That's and it. certainly stay as healthy as you can and exercise and all the things that, that you know you should do and eat, eat right. But, uh, you know, yeah, I guess live every day, right? That's it. Have a positive outlook. Yeah. That is exactly right. And listen to uh, this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Two minute a doc, folks. So that's it. And then, uh, so this was a so this was a busy week. I, yeah. And I didn't was, your son crash a car or something? No, no. That was that was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't actually crash it. He he scraped it oh. on a on a chain link fence. He was driving and somebody was going towards him and he veered out of the way and it scraped the side of the car pretty mm. badly. So you know how that is. It's like. I almost wish he had, you know, crashed into worse. something yeah. and just, or backed into something. And then all we had to do is like, you know, redo the back of the car, but to redo the entire side of the car yeah. is very expensive. But there was no other car involved. There was so no other car that's involved. That's a silver do, do you remember no that cartoon Spiffy and Fleabag? On one side of the car, it was completely pristine what are you, and 90? clear. When, what was this on? Was this, then, on a, was this on the radio? Is this an old this radio was, show? This was that cartoon you used to watch back in the yeah. 40s, right? You, remember, <laughs> this was Saturday what morning cartoons. Remember Howdy Doody? <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the car is just a mess. It sounds like you've got a Smithy and Flea bag. It's true. Car. It's wow. true. It's true. But actually, the guy at the body shop was good. He said, you know, rather than trying to fix all this, we're just going to Go to the junkyard, get you a couple of new doors. Oh, yeah. Oh, what and color? It's uh, dark gray. He said it's a very popular color. It's wow. on a, it's oh, on a Jetta. And he said, this will be easy. So I said, okay, that's it. Wow. So you're replacing the door instead of painting it? Because the the scrape went through the sheet metal. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Bent- Bentleys are very exp- uh, expensive <laughs> right. to fix. <laughs> try, try Volkswagen. Yeah. Try, try, try a four year old Volkswagen. Anyway, and then um, last night we were supposed to meet, and uh, I got caught up because, uh, and this is going to kind of open up our, our episode a little bit because this was kind of interesting. Um, you know, we talked about how these call panels work. Mm-hmm. and um, At the ER. At the ER. And um, so, so I was on the call panel. I was the designated guy, but this was actually Wednesday night. And um, it's like 11 o'clock... PM. I'm getting ready to go to bed. I get a call from the ER at the hospital mm. and it's the ER physician. And he said, yeah, I, I got to tell you, I got to really, I, I need some help here. I'm not sure what to do. And I'm like, okay. And he says, you know, and this is, I, I'm not, this is not funny. This is actually very, this is sad poignant, and everything else you want to consider. He has an 18 year old male who um, his mother has brought in because he has severe autism, Tourette's syndrome, um, and uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. So he's just like a potpourri of psychiatric disorders. Um, very, you know, poorly functional, essentially. Um, and, you know, for, I'm gonna about to say something that may make people cringe. Like, if you're driving out there, folks, just maybe either turn the volume down or pull over because this may be a little graphic a rare disclaimer so apparently um while this this 18 year old was in the shower oh oh hold on hold on i gotta get prepared for this okay just just a moment (laughs) i'm not sure where this is going but but he he took he took what they called a read i've heard it described as many things a read or um, the back end of an incense stick. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's very contra- long and thin. No, right? And made of wood. 
Oh, and he pushed. We, we have it right behind that candle over there. You there. go. Do you see that's yep. the read. Do you see that, JT? Any? I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and no, he decided to push it into his penis, like a catheter, right? So you mm. don't know why, because right. he's okay. not really capable of explaining that. And then, so this um, is a first for the doc. And so, well, this was the ER telling me this. And and then apparently <clears throat> he pulled it out, but Ooh, splinters. Then, explain, then then claims splinters. that that's what he said. That's exactly what he said. You must be, you must know what it's like to be a kid like that. But anyway, yes, well, I, he, I do have those reeds sitting right okay. behind well, JT. I don't want to know what you do with them. Near the candle. Anyways, so he you know had a little bit of blood come oh, out. Oh my goodness! And, and exclaimed uh, to his mother that he was certain he had splinters okay. inside. When when he when he or exclaimed, a splinter. When he exclaimed this yeah, to his mother, splinter. can you um you can you paraphrase or or you see not paraphrase but no you idea. see exact language you that, can that somebody would have used you can who would have had Tourette's. Let's actually just, even if somebody didn't have Tourette's, what type of language they would use if they got splinters in the urethra? I would think not good language. Yeah, yeah. You know, by the way, just as a quick aside. Um, I saw a movie last week about a guy who has Tourette's. It was really good called Motherless Brooklyn. You oh, yeah. Of it? Well, um, yeah. That's the Ed Norton movie. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. And he has Tourette's. Tourette's in the, is in the movie. actually interesting. There's, yeah. it's, not, it's not always what you think of it. It's not right. uncontrollable. Um, it's, it's, sometimes it's just ticks. It's yeah, not, sometimes it's, it's, just it's not tick. always profanity. But right. Anyway. Oh, because yeah. oh, I thought, because um, at work, there is a lot of people who use lots of profanity, and sometimes we think those individuals may have Tourette's, but maybe not. I think if you saw the movie, you would see the difference. It's yeah. This is more like literally just without any uh, antecedent reason. It just comes out like that. But anyways, so he says, the ER doctor says, what, you know, I don't know what to do with this kid. Um, you know, he also says he, he doesn't think he can urinate. Um, I got an x-ray. I don't is see anything. still pain that he's feeling? He says that uh, oh it's painful goodness. when he tries to urinate, but he doesn't even want to urinate. I, I, I can imagine. And this then, is a horrible then, situation. That's right. And then he and says... Then, and wait, wait, but hold on. And then you've got the mother there as well, yep. who's got to be beside herself, right? Because this is her son, and she wants to help him, and she's relatively helpless... And they've got all of these communication issues that they've got to get over. This is uh, this so is mothers, unbelievable. So mothers of kids like this, I'll tell you right now, it's a it's sort of a double edged situation. I don't know. I don't want to. I have to be careful how I say this. On the one hand, as a doctor, you feel incredibly sympathetic um, for a parent like this, especially being a parent myself. That you know, she has to. I mean. She, every day is 18 years. Every day is a burden in, every in day, one form or another. And every day is right. I mean, they love their kids, but right. they're dealing with challenges that, that most people aren't. Let's put it. Oh that. yeah. I mean, just over the top. Yeah. Over the top. Yeah. Very challenging. And the flip side is they are undeniably and by no fault of their own, incredibly affected by the fact that they have been literally just like you know, pulled through the medical system mm. over and over oh, and over again. They've probably been to ERs dozens she's and seen dozens a lot. of times. Yeah. yeah, she's seen a lot. Yeah. And so so she's kind of like, you know, telling everybody what they should be doing or this and that, not in a bad way, not in an overly aggressive way. She's trying to be respectful. But at the same time, the boundaries are definitely different than if you went to an emergency mm -hmm. room or you would just be like, 
do what you got to do, doctor, where she's kind of like, well, he needs this. He needs that. He's this way. He's that way. You have to do it this way. Because right. if you don't do it this way, he's going to have this problem. And, you know, and you're just kind of as the doctor, you're like, okay, can you just let me do what I got to do? Right. But she's really, you know, and it's, it's, so it's really tricky. So anyway, um, you know, if it was you, I probably would have, um, I mean, I think I've talked about this on this show, but you know, we can usually pull a little numbing, put a little numbing gel in there right. and pass a little fiber optic tip camera and take a look. But this, this young man with all of these psychiatric issues was no way going to be able to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. I so, mean, so you wouldn't give like a you know, sedative? Well, then... you, he, sedative wouldn't work either because he would kick in. And, you know, when you're sedated, you can still move. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of out of it. Um, and so, uh, and, and, and so like you can have a colonoscopy under sedation because it's not like, it's not actually that painful to be honest, but you have a, somebody put a catheter in your urethra. How would, how, how, how would you know? I know you're a doctor and all, but when you've had a colonoscopy, you're not sedated. You're wide awake. I, How would you know it's not painful? That sounds very because painful I talked, to me. No, because I've actually talked to several people uh, who have had colonoscopies completely awake. Yeah, let's really? Not, let's not yeah. dissuade anyone from yeah. the colonoscopy. It's yeah. not a big, it's yeah. not a big deal. Really? Yeah. Why, have, why would somebody choose to have a... Because they absolutely don't want to be sedated. They want to be awake and Really? Alert. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better reason to be sedated. <laughs> yeah. I just saw... I mean, lots of people are really opposed to being sedated. Yeah. Really? Why is that? For all kinds of reasons. They don't like their minds to be altered. They don't like drugs to be in their body that could potentially have toxicities. They don't like to... Um, it's a control thing. Do these people it vaccinate wipes, their children? It wipes them out for the day. There's, there's lots of reasons. Some, there's also the concern that it's going to do something that uh, yeah. might not your brain. be recoverable. Yeah, really? lots of reasons. Let's 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 continue on with with our story. <laughs> anyway, so um, I had to, I, I had to choose. You know, I had to basically take him to the operating room last night under general anesthesia. He had to be completely put out, really, um, so that I could take a look in there. And um, there was no foreign body. There was no splinter. There was no piece of wood. What he did have, because he was having like burning with urination all day, is he did have like abrasions, abrasions yeah. on the inside oh, of the urethra. Yeah. And that's why he was having burning. And, mm. you know, one could say like, well, duh, of course he had those abrasions. Yeah, but, but you didn't know. But, but you, didn't you, know. You, you don't know you don't what know. you don't know. You but, uh, for, you know, my, poor, poor kid. Um, yeah. That's Poor the, mom. That's really that a stuff. terrible story. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But well, it brought I, to mind, brought to mind, 17 years ago, oh. 2002, my first year in practice. Getting in the Wayback Machine. Yep, my first year. About in, six in, months in. Los in, Angeles? Yep, in, in Burbank. Six months in. Um, I, I, 2002, I, you said? Yes, a guy walks into my office, and no offense to people who work in postal services, but he was a postal worker, and I, I remember that vividly. And he said, you know, I, I well, like to say government, government worker. Well, because that would have been more, uh, right. less accurate. Um, and he said, listen, I, I do kind of these kinky things. And I like to take um, like warm paraffin. Warm wax, paraffin. And I like to roll it into my hands. Okay. Was, into there any, a was it thin any, tube. any type of paraffin, like beeswax? He, he just said warm paraffin. Warm paraffin. And, warm, and, and roll it between his hands and in his palms until it's kind of like a thin, uh, like rod like tubular structure. Right. And then he likes to slide it into his urethra. It gave him pleasure. Okay, wait, wait. So hold. he comes in and is telling you this. He's telling me this. Wait, wait, and wait, I said, do, okay, does what's he like the to problem? Do this? Wait, wait. Does he like to do this on his own? Does on he his like own? to do this with a partner? No, nope, on his own. 
And I said, wait, so wait, what's okay, wait, the hold problem? On, hold, hold on, hold on. How did he discover this type of don't practice know. and self-stimulation? Don't know. That's outside of the scope. Don't don't know of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't even begin Pro- to tell. Producer you. Jay, have you ever heard of somebody uh, self-stimulating themselves? I have not, but I would. Like but, but people do what, all sorts of things, and I don't know? know why. I'll tell you what's funny though. When when GB asks these kinds of questions, I think to myself, imagine if he were a doctor, and he were conducting yeah, these he'd, interviews. He'd see two patients a day. He, first he'd of all, he'd have, to, see, he'd have yeah. to go out to lunch with he, them. Yeah, he'd he want would to see two people whole... a day. And and I mean, just imagine, like, I could see him talking to this guy and saying, like, so how did you get into this? I mean, how yeah. old were you when you started? Did you do it by yourself? He might even Or did somebody show you how to do it? He'd have a field trip. He'd go yeah. back to their elementary school. Yeah. He'd want to talk yeah. to their teachers. I have yeah. a natural curiosity <laughs> to really think un- so? understand do the background. Do you think so? Yeah, I guess maybe you do. Anyways, not only did he like to slide it in there, but one day, the couple of days before he came to see me, he pushed it in and he and it like slipped it, it out of his finger <laughs> yeah. and it went all the way in yeah. and he couldn't pull it back out. Uh-oh. It was gone. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was gone. Uh-oh. So I said, wow. Yeah. And he said he tried to milk it out and uh-oh, he could wait, not okay, do wait, that. I because ha- the, wait, wait, the wait. Because the paraffin is very... Yeah, it's kind I of have squishy. Brain. I have a couple of questions here. And of course, your body. Here. What's the wait, temperature what, of your body? That was my question. The temperature of your body is 98.6. So is it 6? 98.6? It's 98.6. And so it just... He, he could not get it to come back out. So I said, okay, we're going to have to put a camera in there and take a look. So I numb up his penis with a numbing gel. I put the scope inside, and sure enough, it's not in his urethra. It's gone all the way up into his bladder. Wow. So, and not only is it in his bladder, but when you, you know, when you put, these, war- scopes, it, when you the put bl- these scopes oh in the bladder, you know, first there's often urine in the bladder already. And then you're irrigating a little bit with water. So when I put my scope in the bladder, the bladder's like half full. Well, 99% of the time, if there's an object in the bladder, typically it's like a stone. The stone is at the bottom of the bladder. So when I looked in, initially I didn't see anything. It's like a raft up top there. And then I then <laughs> I like curved that. the scope. The scope can be deflected, and I deflected it up. A little periscope. And sure enough, it's like looking at this object floating above you in oh, an that's, ocean. That's crazy. I, and it was. Okay, and it I'm had, surprised. And it had. And it had. It well, do, I've it done did, some no, research. It's not that high. It, the melting point of paraffin is between 115 yeah, degrees yeah. Fahrenheit, 154 degrees. Right. See, I thought it would have melted. No. At, so. No. So very so, interesting. So not only that, but it was no longer a rod. It had turned into a ball, I guess, because it's in the bladder. It's kind of like a like the same concept of like a pearl or something. Like being in this circular uh, <laughs> organ and the organs contracting and emptying, it turned it into a ball. But so wait, now you've got this walnut-sized here. ball in the bladder. A walnut? Maybe maybe not quite that big, but close to it. Wow. Yeah, because it was a, it was a thick piece of paraffin, you know, probably thicker than a pencil that he slid in there. All right, so let's guess. GB. So what did you what do you think I had to do well, now? Well, I know for a, a stone you play asteroids and you and you gently Correct. you gently carve it basically. You use take, a laser. Right, you use your laser and you don't you don't, you don't break it in half cuz then you got too big. You you try to you kind of whittle it down. Right, exactly. So disintegrate. I, it. I'm guessing you got this scope which has this the little things well, on so, it. So at the during I, in my office I tried to grab it. Yeah. And it just squished. Oh, no. So, so, so now I was like, It's okay, like the I'm, worst I'm, version of those games so, right. where you go down, you right. pick up the toy. Could you, so heat, then I'm like, could you okay, heat up I'm, the could you heat up the urine in the bladder 
to us to so a, if i put a 110 no. degree fluid oh i guess in you your can't bladder, do that that, that would, wouldn't feel good not good so yeah. then so then Chicken i soup. so then i'm like look we're gonna have to take you to the hospital to the operating room so we oh brought him to the God. hospital he had to stay overnight because he had already mm. eaten did he have insurance and then wait don't remember yeah <laughs> was the overweight? 17 years ago let's dude. get them all, all right. Right. 17 uh, years ago but the operating room to to do what i don't know you're not you're not going to cut him open because I figure. Well, I don't know, but but I figure you know what I was trying to do in my office was not too comfortable for him. I'm wondering it's if like you there's had to... real limits to yeah. what you can do in urology in the office because the pain threshold is just going to basically right. get the best of. Your I'm wondering and your and you you don't want to put somebody in pain like that. So you're like, all right, enough. We got to put you out. I'm wondering what the billing code would have been because you've got to get a you know you're checking him into the OR. The insurance is a code for for cystoscopy foreign body foreign extraction. Body. Oh. That's what I was going to say foreign yeah. body. Okay. There is. Oh, I so, thought. Okay. Yeah. All right. There all you right. Go. There you go. So anyway, so so I'm in the office operating room and I, I have a different type of scope in the bladder now and I figured well maybe I can like cut this thing with like a laser but no the laser just makes holes in it mm. doesn't doesn't yeah can you vacuum it out well it's like the size it's like maybe like 75% the size of a walnut mm. it's like a large what, what are those a pimenta the what are those olives like a Spanish olive <laughs> so can you imagine pulling a Spanish olive through your urethra no it's not gonna work so um and you can't, the claw isn't going to sever it in half a couple of times. Now, every time I take the claw and I had a big claw, it would just squish it. Squish it. It would not make it small enough that I could pull it out or anything like that. So when you, when, ever. when, when you're doing this, you're with a nurse, right? There's a, a there's a, an anesthesiologist okay. at the and, head. And, and her, then there's a nurse um, who's handing me instruments. Yeah. Are you like, guys, any ideas? Right. <laughs> Kinda. Or, or, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> And what, what's the anesthesiologist saying and the nurse saying? Right, well, you guys already basically kind of figured out the answer in this discussion. Melting it down. The only thing I can think is to reduce the size that What's way. the opposite? Freeze it. Or just lower the temperature. Lower the temperature. If you lower the temperature, then what would happen to that paraffin? More brittle and you can There you go. Cut so it I more. told the nurse, I said, okay, get a irrigation bag and ice it put it in like an ice bath and get it really, really cold. So we got the irrigation bath. We put a big thing of ice and put the the irrigation bag in it and made it nice and cold. And then I irrigated so, through so my the, scope, the scope with this cold can, fluid. Doesn't the bladder f get fill up with all that? Yeah, I filled his bladder up with like, I mean, it was probably like 50 degrees or 60 degrees. It wasn't, you know, it was ice, like ice water. It's like putting ice water. But like a cup. You can put ice water in your mouth. It's not going to, you no, know. No, 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 but you didn't put so much. You just put enough to fill the bladder and right. lower the temperature. All right, so right. Here, so th and this then it got cold. Clearly, and then I was able to take that grasper. And when I grabbed it, it just broke into little pieces. Huh. And then I was able to wash out the pieces. Yeah. Clearly, that was genius. But <laughs> I, 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 I kind of patted myself but, on the yeah. back. But, but at the that. time, were you, were you like calm and cool and collected? Or were, were you just like in your mind, holy smokes, what am I going to do here? Um, I mean, and how long? No, I think I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, if I can't um, remove. I, at one point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to tell them to get the open tray, which is literally like a big tray with instruments so you can make an incision. And I was going to make an incision oh, below his ab, you know, belly button and oh. cut down to the bladder and cut open the bladder right. and take it out and sew it all up. You know, if Plato had a wow. medical journal, this would have been a good case for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
so wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> was like the nurse and the anesthesiologist saying, Doc, that's just incredible. Uh, I mean, believe me, if anything, they would start recounting all of their crazy yeah. stories and tales. Well, like, oh, did you yeah. see a doctor uh, such and such a few years ago when when those people came into the ER with uh, the, that thing in the guy's rectum right. and they had to bring him to the OR and bring, take that out? And I mean, that thing was alive, you know, something like that. So you hear all kinds of wacky <laughs> stories. Certainly, you, yeah, you hear about Everybody's that. Everybody's got Is those it a proctologist legends. that yeah. does that? Yeah, it's urban legends. Well, but, but what, what I find fascinating about the story is how you came up with the solution to remedy the situation. I, I do I do think that was yes, brilliant. Mark. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think I, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have necessarily thought that I was the kind of person who would be that way. Like I don't necessarily think of myself as that creative. I'm I I tend to be a good technician. Um, you know, it's like I can be very uh, meticulous about dissecting something or something. But when I come across something that's an aberration, and I'm not, I, it's it's always like, oh no, now I have to actually think. Well, <laughs> well, I don't want to have to think. I want to just be able to do what's straight. Well, forward. you know, it's but, actually it, it's an interesting uh, angle because every individual, all of us, yeah. when we go through something, it's the first time we've gone through it. Right. It's it's all new to us. And, you know, we go see a doctor. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I've got this. I've got that. And the doctor's invariably like, got it. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Here's what it is. Yeah. So in your practice, the majority of the time, what I'm hearing you say is it's often like, got it, seen it, it's done true. it. It's true. You're right. And uh, you're right. so when these things come up 17 years later, you, you remember it. Yeah. yeah. But well, it's funny you're saying that. I mean, a well, lot of times I was just thinking about what you're talking about yesterday when somebody came in, a woman who had, you know, all kinds of complaints about pain and burning and pelvic discomfort and bladder this and she's been to four urologists and you know as she's talking and she I could see she just wanted to talk and she literally did for like 40 minutes and you know I let her talk because I could see she really wanted to were you making patients in the waiting room wait I, I was and my staff got upset with me <laughs> but I, I would too see, yeah but I could see she really Did you validate to. anybody validate <laughs> anybody's parking <laughs> okay there we go thank you exactly but um you know but to be perfectly honest in the first minute oh my god I knew what the plan was no like I knew what I was going to do that day and what I was going to, what test I was going to order and what ultimately she was going to need as far as treatment goes, you know, which you could say, isn't that really kind of, uh, overly, uh, like the hubris. I mean, you, maybe you would have detected no. something else, but, but, but the flip side of that is she wouldn't have been satisfied with that degree of, of care. Not. Of course. Even not. if everything was fixed, absolutely. She wanted to be heard. She and wanted to be heard. She wanted to educate you, Absolutely. essentially. Absolutely. So that you could then prescribe the very same methods that you were going to do anyway. Right, right, right. But exactly. that's, that's part of the... I'm sure I mean, there was the some benefit to hearing what she had to say because she wanted to take me through all the things these different doctors had tried. But frankly, like, I knew who all those three or four doctors mm. were, and I knew they were doing... They would approach it a little bit differently than I would, So, it, but I knew she had to tell me. <laughs> that's good so that's, that's how that's it is the doctor well, i'd want to go to well okay. one thing i've learned today if i ever get wax in my bladder yep. right you are you know the doc to, to call drink some that's ice right. water <laughs> there's anything i get out of who knows maybe like you know in the next few months someone will come in they'll be like yeah i was listening to that two men in a dock and you were talking about the paraffin thing well i gotta tell you something who knows? <laughs> <laughs> all right well there you go guys i all thought right. that was a good uh, little yeah little anecdote very, it is. very good i think we really ended 
on an uplifted note versus where we started on such a down note. All right. Well, so I, I hope your mother-in-law is uh, doing yes. well and better. She is. And she is. She's uh, recuperating. So, okay. All right. All right, guys. Until next week. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. So that's our show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Two Men and a Doc is hosted by Dr. Michael Hyman, GB, and Jay Tannenbaum. Produced by Jay Tannenbaum. The views and opinions expressed here by Dr. Hyman are based on his medical training and experience, but if you or someone you know are experiencing any medical issues, you should, of course, consult your own physician. We welcome your questions about men's health or anything you've heard on this podcast. So write to us at mail at twomenandadoc.com. That's M-A-I-L at twomenandadoc.com. If you live in the Los Angeles area and want to see Dr. Hyman, you can find his contact info at drhymanla.com. That's D-R-H-Y-M-A-N-L-A.com. And these links are also in the show notes. That's it for this week. See you next time on Two Men and a Doc.